You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. For this episode, we'll be talking about the birds, Mr. Tambourine Man. In the room, I have Ben and Charles. Mr. Tambourine Man is the debut album by the American folk rock band, The Birds, and was released on June 21st, 1965 on Columbia Records. It was produced by Terry Melcher, uh, and the genre is folk rock slash pop. Uh, the nucleus of The Birds formed in the early 1964 California when Jim Roger McGinn, Gene Clark, and David Crosby came together as a trio. All three musicians had a background rooted in folk music, with each having worked as folk singers on the acoustic coffeehouse circuit and as sidemen in various collegiate folk groups during the early 60s. They found common interests in the Beatles and pushing traditional folk melodies and lyrics further into pop and rock arrangements, but their manager Jim Dixon was the real catalyst in insisting the group record Mr. Tambourine Man. After signing to Columbia Records in November 1964, the band changed their name from the Jet Set to the Birds, and in January 1965, lead guitarist Roger McGinn, along with the group of the LA Session musicians knowing as the Wrecking Crew, recorded the Bob Dylan song Mr. Tambourine Man as their debut single. The single was an immediate hit reaching number one on both the US Billboard Hot 100 chart and the UK singles chart. The band and producer Terry Melcher had effectively created the template for the musical subgenre of folk rock, a term that was in fact first coined by the U.S. music press to describe the band's sound in the mid-1960s. After the success of the first single, the Full Birds Band then recorded the rest of the ten tracks on their own, but it was widely rumored that all tracks were recorded by studio musicians. The combination of the 12-string guitar work and complex harmony singing became the band's signature sound during their early period. The success of the Birds' Mr. Tambourine Man album saw an explosion of Birds imitators and emulators in America and Britain. What do we think of Mr. Tambourine Man? Men do it, man. Spread that jingle jangle on thick. <laughs> I like it. I, I was saying to, to Charles before you start recording, it's like you're walking down the street and you bump into someone and they get beetles all over your Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh man, you got beetles all over my Dylan. Oh, you got Dylan in my beetles. <laughs> and you know, I, it I, worked. <laughs> yeah, we are we're not not the first people to realize that it, it works. Like, at least in the pop, popular opinion, which coincides with my opinion, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I never really listened to the birds. I've heard, you know, um, a couple of their songs, like, just on the radio. But after listening to a full album by them, I was really impressed and definitely going to continue looking up more of their catalog to dive into it. Yeah, I think we have plenty of, uh, we're going to get into plenty of birds on this uh 
in this book because I'm pretty sure there's at least four. I can think of three that are probably going to be in here. And they're all pretty different because it's often a different group of dudes other than like a few core core people, you know? Yeah. yeah I did find out that they were like, well, we're going to switch some members around. They yeah. like to switch my name around. <laughs> I thought it was interesting too. They brought in the Wrecking Crew. I, that was news to me. Um, and go, I, I, I read that while I was like halfway through listening to the record. I read that, like, uh, yeah, Wrecking Crew did Mr. Tambourine Man, and they did All I Really Want to Do, because it was the A-side and the B-side. Mm-hmm. And about how, uh, you know, the rumor spread that the Wrecking Crew did the whole album, which probably is because the album has the same name as the single. People say, like, oh, yeah, you know, the Wrecking Crew recorded Mr. Tambourine Man, yeah. which is also the name of the record. It's yeah. easy to see how that happened. But then I read a Chris Hillman quote where he's like, Go back and listen to it. I think it's pretty obvious which song was yeah. done by pros and which yeah. song was done by us, like, as best we could. Like, he's like, it's clear to me. So yeah. I went back and I listened to it. I listened to Mr. Tambourine Man. And, yeah, that, that I'd never realized it before. But once you go in knowing that it's Wrecking Crew, yeah, it's clean as a whistle. And then you listen to more, it's a, and it's, it's still professional, but it's a little loosey-goosey. They're a little bit more flexible with where the notes fall, where someone who is paid to play notes cleanly for a living would not have played some of these songs like the birds are playing it yeah and i'm glad that i think mr tambourine man i i I don't know if it would have been as huge of a hit had they not had that backbone of the wrecking crew it could have been yeah but i'm glad that i think at the time though they were they weren't as proficient as then they then became after the single had already been released Mm -hmm. i think that was uh, they they kind of had to prove that they were as good to to continue recording it by themselves because I think the producer wanted to or their manager wanted to do all Wrecking Crew and they were like no we're good enough now that we can <laughs> yeah they had to like, we, convince we them convince them which is amazing and I'm glad they did I, I I'm glad yeah. that I I love the recording of Mr Tambourine Man uh, I like it how it is I like it before I knew it was the Wrecking Crew and now that I know it's the Wrecking Crew my opinion is. Well, good, because it should have been, because it worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that being said, I'm glad that uh, the the old boys played on most of the album, because I think their stuff works, too. And if you're not actually listening for it, you, it, it's seamless. You don't really notice that one of them was recorded by Studio Guns and the rest of them were recorded by some hippies. It's only like when you go back like listening for it that you can really pick it out. Right. Yeah, because they still have the harmonies. Mm-hmm. They still have the mm-hmm. singers and his It's still got that 12 and, string. It 12 string. Yeah. He was he was in the original. Yep. Do you think that the Wrecking Crew was as angry as the Birds when people thought that they were the musicians <laughs> but also the Birds were like no, we're the musicians for for this but then Wrecking Crew was like they're, no one's like, happy. That is <laughs> Carol, Carol King or Carol Kate. She's like, if you cannot tell that that is not me playing bass, <laughs> then what have I been working my ass off for? <laughs> How do I feel about this? I don't know. This this lends its 
itself to a type of music that I think we're going to get farther in that I am not going to be a fan of. That sort of like folky rock, laid back rock. It um, that launched has, a thousand ships. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely did. And, and for that, um, yeah, good on it. I, a lot of people do did say that it, like they were just, they were just relying on so much Dylan because there's a lot of Dylan on this album. Well, if it ain't and broke, it, don't fix it. Yeah, Dylan fixed it. <laughs> Dylan's like, oh yeah, that's how these songs should sound. I'm also well, going. That's not that's not a good Dylan impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> oh hey, oh. <laughs> there it is. Because I, I said this when when we were talking about uh, 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 bringing it all back home. Or like D- Dylan has Mr. Tambourine Man on that, and I was wondering if, if like a year later, it, when he like heard the Birds recording, if he was like kind of kicking himself because he was already he already had one foot in the water yeah. on Electric, but he didn't do it on that song. Being like, oh man, that that could have been my number one hit. Yeah. <laughs> he also, what ifs? Uh, uh, contrary to popular belief, Bob Dylan cannot do th- three part harmonies with himself. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I did write the note. I feel like they created a style, and the songs became incidental. I could see that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I applaud. I think I applaud them for creating this the the sort of style that they're doing. But the songs maybe, eh, like it didn't feel as strong. It felt like the style like the, was real strong, like the Clark McGinn songs. Yeah, it yeah. just. They well, were, I mean, just any any of it. I mean, obviously, Mr. Tambourine Man's like right. clutch, but but throughout the album, I mean, I did also write uh, more tambourine, tambourine again. Like every song has tambourine, just because your name well, you is have, called you, Mr. You tambourine. You would get called out if you didn't. Like, <laughs> oh, hey, oh, yeah, fucking Mr. Tambourine Man, what's the tambourine, motherfuckers? <laughs> It would have been like the 60s version of more cowbell. <laughs> Where's that more tambourine? <laughs> there was one uh, Clark McGinn song on this record that I thought it, it stuck out to me. Uh, and it's uh, it's no use. I thought that it's no use was just a cool, like, 60s psychedelic garage rock song. Mm-hmm. I think it could stand up to any of the Dylan ones on the record. Well, you know. It's hard to beat Mr. Yeah. Tambourine Man. And it, it was cool because I, I really like this album because, you know, listening to the Beatles and, like, the Beach Boys, there really wasn't, like, like guitar solos. Like, the birds, as simple as the guitar solos were, they're in there, and they're trying to do something different. And the drums are a little bit more complex. It's not just a simple 4-4 in the beat, in the groove. Like, it's just, it's something different. Um, and maybe that's something where, you know, they heard it on the Wrecking Crew, and they're like, oh, we got to do that now. Like, we have to emulate that and try to make it sound like our own sound. And I would say, though, if it weren't for a few specific Beatles guitar solos, Roger McGinn would never would have bought that 12-string. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely, I mean, uh, coming off of a Hard Day's Night with mm-hmm. that 12-string and mm-hmm. probably realizing that they could do something similar. They, just, they took it, they, they uh, committed to it. Like, with <laughs> yeah. Beatles... Like, I, I did, he might use it for a few more songs, but the birds turned it into a sound. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. They went in a, They went in that sitar, yeah. like, mm-hmm. a little bit more out there, and they brought it into that pop, mm-hmm. melodic yeah. 
sensibility. I was noticing that, like, some of the earlier tracks on the album were very sitar-sounding heavy, and I was like, oh, this is kind of taking me to a trip. Yep. I don't know if I want to go there yet. Yeah, it's... No, it's, it's coming. It's <laughs> definitely... It's 1965, and that trip is right around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> definitely puts into that psychedelic, especially with the cover, too, being a... Fish wa- The same thing that they did on Rubber Soul, where it's a little, like, skewed vision. Yeah. Feels a little, yeah, little, uh, little off, a little trippy. That yep. trip's coming, man. Yeah, and one of the uh, one of their more famous singles is "Turn, Turn, Turn," and uh, I was telling Ben this: um, the bells are rhymery, rhymney, 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 rhymney. Mm-hmm. It it's very similar, like the guitar. Like I was like, oh, I didn't know "Turn, Turn, Turn" was on this album. And I was jamming out. And I was like, nope, this is not it. That guitar that keeps on showing up. <laughs> Those sneaky devils and the birds. And I think it's, uh, we noticed earlier, it's the same uh, guitar, like, or similar at least, to uh, Beatles if I needed someone. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ben, you posed an interesting question. Why do you think he changed his name from Jim to Roger? My totally uneducated, unresearched <laughs> opinion is that Roger McGinn sounds cooler than Jim McGinn. Jim. <laughs> What's your name? Jim McGinn. My name is Jim McGinn. I'm Roger McGinn. <laughs> uh, I mean, it does it does say he's known professionally as, as Ro- Roger. Um Oh, so his name is James Roger McGinn. So he he just he, he didn't really change his name so just, much as he rearranged his name. He just decided to go by his middle name. Yeah, you can yeah. do that. That's cool. Gotcha. Especially when I don't know. Roger McGinn sounds cool. Oh no, it's a total rock star name. Yeah, or folk star name. Folk folk, folk, folk star. Folk rock. <laughs> uh, yeah, I too. We were kind of having the discussion on another episode about what does folk rock actually mean and i feel like this just this just kind of personifies it right like, was that when john like was arguing jangle. that folk rock <laughs> is not a thing is not a thing <laughs> <laughs> yes because folk does not rock this is folk rock yeah i mean they they essentially coined the phrase on this for this you know album this this group i mean these songs a lot of these songs were already folk songs. You can't take that away from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, that is like a given going into the situation. This is a folk song, and then they they add like a, a distorted guitar, the arrangement stuff, yeah. the arrangement, uh, a backbeat, and that makes it a a rock song since it's already a folk song, <laughs> and you're giving it a rock and roll treatment. It's folk I'm rock. S- I'm sorry, Jonathan Davis Boggs, but that is a folk <laughs> rock song. <laughs> And he's not here to defend, so uh, I guess you win. <laughs> That's on him. 
Uh, right now he's <laughs> yelling at his uh, stereo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this did, uh, obviously, the the single did well, but the album peaked at number six on uh, the Billboard chart, number seven in the UK. So, um, yeah, did a good job. I was uh, pleasantly surprised by the album closer of We'll Meet Again. Uh, it's clever. It... It could have it it could have been really hokey, <laughs> but at least in this in this dude's opinion, it was pleasant. I liked yeah. it. Yeah, and that I think was based off of the Kubrick uh, movie, Doctor Strange Love, or how I was it written for that? No, but they used it ironically, or you know, mm, mm-hmm. uh, uh, they used it at the end. You know. I, yeah. won't, I won't give anything away, but that that music if, is. If you haven't seen Doctor Strange Love by now, you're, <laughs> you're if missing you have out. It, yeah. Stop this episode, watch <laughs> this, and then come back for Birch's assessment. Yeah, um, right. yeah, I think they were using it in the same way, and it's it's cute. Yeah, yeah, I do feel like they rely a little bit he- heavily on the that material, and they'll get there. They didn't have yeah, they didn't have their chops under them yet. Well, I feel like they they did have a, a bit of pl- they're playing chops, but well, maybe right. their songwriting. And chops. you can you can be like in 1965, you could have been a, a very popular folk singer in the LA scene and yeah. and never sing a, and never write a song. That's they're, true. Like, that's just part of the community. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I guess I understand the criticism that some people la- laid upon them of. Yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> well, and take your take your shots where you can. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a solid record. Uh, so, yeah, if you think they rely li- li- a little heavy on the Beatles, that's fair play. Yeah. Yeah. It was popular at the time. Yeah. So how do we feel about it being in book? Yeah, of course. Worth it. Yeah. I. They provided a sound and a style that was original at the time. I think they're going to get in, into better albums. Right. But this was the originator. and Yeah. The style, though, it makes it for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The 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 guitar the arrangement and their harmonies. So how much would you spend at a yard sale for this album? <laughs> what condition? What kind of condition is it? Is it like? Is it gonna play clean? Yeah. Is the cover clean? Maybe a little distortion. Like like, like deteriorate where the record would be. Oh, like like a ring rash. Yeah, I'm fine with ring rash, man. Uh, I would pay ten to fifteen dollars for this record, depending on the condition, at a yard sale. That's fair. I will always have an answer for you. <laughs> I know. That's why I asked it. <laughs> um, just one side note. Uh, we're currently listening in our headphones to We'll Meet Again, the album closer that we were just talking about. And I just remembered it's also the album closer to uh, Johnny Cash's last record, The Man Comes Around. Yes. And it's like he's got like the whole, I think it's like the whole recording crew and engineers and friends and family doing the last refrain. And oh my goodness, it makes the tears come. Yeah. That, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah. Well, we'll meet again. Join us on our I next do, I do. I do know when. <laughs> I mean, yes. next time. We'll be talking about Bob Dylan, Highway 61 Revisited. All right, thanks, guys. Keep smiling through Just like you always do